Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Times are getting hard, boys. Money's getting scarce. Times don't get no better, boys. Gonna leave this place. I met a traveler from an antique land who said two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the stand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive. Stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them, and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear, My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Lick on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, Boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Yes, what up? Welcome to our Percy Shelley pod, mother... No, I'm <laughs> obviously kidding about oh, that. Oh, I read the Shelley version? I meant to read the Smith. Uh, Man, There Goes Poetry is pretty okay. So Ozymandias uh, is the title of a Percy Bysshe Shelley poem, uh, but I would argue more importantly, uh, it is the title of one of the greatest episodes of television ever produced, uh, the... Third to last episode, I think, is the right number of yes. Breaking Bad. Um, and, and we're going to talk about that today. We uh, Pierce and I did an episode uh, a few months ago about uh, the suitcase uh, of the pivotal episodes of Mad Men. Uh, and, and I know we enjoyed doing that. So uh, we were we were thinking about other other shows that really resonated with us. And, uh, you know... I, what so? What about? Because uh, Pierce, I think you were the driving force behind this. Like, what about Ozymandias? You know, made you want to talk about it? Oh, I think that. Uh, so, I think with any pivotal cultural moment, in this case, it's a television show. Different people pick up on different things, um, but I just have always gotten the sense that with Breaking Bad the item that the episode the moment and I think it it really and we'll get into this the, the episode is really almost a moment in some ways it, it goes by so quickly um, the one that they mention is is Ozymandias now I will also mention the the Fly episode which was also directed by Ryan Johnson who who directed this one and went on to uh, direct Max's favorite movie uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi um but this episode just is the one that that punches people in the gut, and then you you remember it, and it's it's very traumatic, and it's the third to last episode. It's not the last episode. It's not the second to last. It doesn't end any season. It is this building episode where, in some ways, you see everything crack. Yeah. I, so I, I'm I'm glad you you said it punches you in the gut because I, I well we'll we'll. We'll go ahead and, and, and give a light spoiler alert. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about what happens in the episode in some depth. So, 
if we, we waited haven't... until it was five years and right. five four months old. So like I think you know at this point that if you haven't watched Breaking Bad and you want to, you probably shouldn't listen to this. Um, but you know, s- stick around if you if you want to hear us discuss it. This is. <sighs> I can't think of too many other episodes of television that just like kicked me in the pants quite this hard. Um, and you know, one that comes to mind, I, I was sort of perusing uh, a list that you and I talked about uh, when we talked about the suitcase, which is the Ringer's hundred best TV episodes of the twentieth or the twenty-first century so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is number 10, which I feel is preposterously low. There's an episode of Survivor ahead of this, which is just, it's a sham. Uh, but, you know, it's its the episode where Hank dies. It's the episode where, um, you know, where, where Skylar cuts Walt's hand with a knife and, and says, you know, essentially, be gone with you. You, you are not part of this family uh, over over his objections you know the thing I re- you know we watched we watched it again over the last couple days to, to get ready for this and I think the thing that struck me the most was the sound um, the the episode opens essentially uh, after the kind of cold open flashback to the first time that Walt and Jesse yeah. cook, um, they do the theme song and then it cuts to black and all of a sudden you hear this hail of gunfire. Yeah. And it's just, it was, I mean, I watched it in bed. It was jarring. Um, I, I was a little tired and then I heard pop, 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 pop. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm awake now. Um, but so much there was actually a lot of this episode that reminded me of the movie Raging Bull uh, which I, I had to, to watch in, in you know pretty closely to write a paper in college and the, the thing that blew me away was kind of how much in certain fight scenes in particular Martin Scorsese Martin Scorsese did with the absence of sound they're out in this big expanse uh, in the middle of nowhere outside of Albuquerque. And, you know, it's the kind of place where there is literally no noise besides whatever noise you and all of your guns are making. Yeah, and and the, the thing you, you mentioned in that is... Uh, and, and you know, Max, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you a little bit here because I think that you were a bigger Breaking Bad fan than me, so I, I can kind of look at this more objectively than than maybe the both of you. But after after Hank dies, and immediately there's a close up on Walt's face, and it is silent. There's yeah, no, I mean, clearly it's kind of like a is, jarring silence. Yeah, it's clearly bizarre. there's a lot of noise, and it's just silent and you really get the blackness of his mouth which is this immense circle as he is just you know he's watched it all break in front of him and and i think that that is just a i I think that might be if that's not the most tremendous moment in the episode i mean there are there are a couple there's there's chekhov's uh knife block and phone um later on uh but it's just uh, that 
some of the little shots in this episode really yeah. were, were jarring to me. I think I think going back to the sound, I think that's that's really important. I mean, it is his fall. It's his it's his ultimate break. And I think they kind of use that same sound effect, but to a lesser degree, when his hand gets stabbed. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool to be like it's that same kind of a, like a reminder jar in case you forgot how you felt earlier that like yeah, you know, it's done type of thing. And I thought that was a really cool kind of reuse of that. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't. I actually didn't know if it was the kind of thing where they were sort of muting what would have otherwise been sound or if it was the kind of thing where in a moment you're you are personally so shocked as walter that you like you try you try to to cry over hank's death but like no sound comes out and like the thing that made me think that is when he comes when you actually start to hear him it is that kind of interrupted only half of the crying actually makes noise uh, yeah. <laughs> phenomenon, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, whew. jar jarring. I think is the best word for it. This whole this whole episode is jarring. You know, back back out in the um, in, in Tahajali, uh after after Hank gets killed. Uh, you know when when uh, when Walt gives Jesse up to. Uh, to Uncle Jack and Landry from Friday Night Lights' evil twin, yeah. just like the that silence is pierced by just the most kind of visceral noises of fear that you can imagine as he's dragged away. You know, kind of knowing, you know, knowing in his heart that he's going to die, that he is going to be probably tortured and then killed. Um whether or not that winds up being the thing that happens. Yeah. yeah. And and speaking of everything being jarring, I actually thought there there is one I, I paid attention a lot to different different things that were like contrasting. I feel like the whole episode was a contrast of, mm-hmm. you know, being up here and coming down there. Everything from the cold open, which I'd like to talk more about, but you just mentioned everything was jarring and all the all the characters are kind of these insane they're all crazy in this episode except for one there's this there's one for i guess comic relief i don't even know what it is but meth damon i don't know who what his real name is you know who i mean he's just so like like the scene went right after everything is insane and there's the silence and and waltz on the ground and then later and he's just like hey sorry for your losses (laughs) it's so perfect even even later on when he's getting jesse out of the the cage yeah he's so he's so like nonchalant and gentle yeah. about it. He's like, come on, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be easier if you do this. Come on, man. It's terrifying. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrifying it's like is exactly the, what it is. The, just the, the humane way he's doing such inhumane things makes it so much more inhumane. Um, <laughs> Todd's a monster. But, yeah, to- yeah, Todd. Sure, we'll call him Todd. Um, I like Beth Damon. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's pretty bad, but, uh, so the cold open. Um, yes. It, it's obviously very purposeful that that that, that is there um you know max I'll, I'll let you run with it i, I mean i think it, it really defines the whole episode and you know why i think is important yeah i mean i don't know that i i should necessarily run with it i just thought that the, the whole contrast of reminding you of, of when he first started cooking out in the desert and you know how how he had to kind of struggle so hard just to come up with the the lie about Bogdan keeping him at the at the uh car wash 
and he's going through it in his head to, to prep for Skylar, and then she's just like, oh, yeah, no big deal, just grab a pizza. And he's like, yes, of course, like, I can do that at any tiny little thing. And then, you know, she, it goes back to that knife phone block, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and she's talking about how, you know, such a meaningless thing of they're trying to raise money, and so she sells the ugly ceramic for $9 as if that's a as if that's a big sum of money. Hey, $9 <laughs> more than she paid for it. Sure, So, but they're making $9 off of it, and that's like... You it's know, almost a pizza. It's, it's just this this amazing contrast that, that, that really helps you, and then you get jump, you, you know, you get kind of jumped by the sound of gunfire, like Sean mentioned, and you're just, you're thrown into it yeah. from that, um, yeah. after everything just sort of magically disappears. Well, and, and I wrote there, that was my first note that I took for this episode, which was pizza and children named after trees, because they're talking about the eventual name Holly that they choose for their child. There is nothing more American than pizza and naming your children after tree types. I mean, that's just, it was such a, you know, a, a, a hopeful, uh, you know, happy thing, because he's, he's doing this, he's ultimately, he says, I'm doing this meth cooking for, for my family, because my, my time is, is limited in that, that very first episode, that's kind of his credo. But the thing that and you talk about contrast, Max, um, and you talked about the knife block scene. But this scene is important. This this kind of this flashback uh, because it's the original sin. It's the first time he lies about what he's doing, and a lot of this episode is centered around lying and specifically lying to his family, the people that he said he's doing this all for, and he decided that lying was the best thing to do. And I mean, it goes back to you know when they when they all meet in this episode before the knife block or just before he immediately just starts lying effortlessly and we see in the beginning how difficult it was for him to lie to his family and he's you know the whole going from uh, what is it mr chips to, to scarface this this is Man, it that, i mean this is that line this is it to death but yeah and so i i what i was intrigued by with the there are three phone calls in this episode or no, there's two. So, so there, there's no. There, kind well, of, there's yeah, there's two. <laughs> there's three, but there's really two. There's a symmetry around the you know the that first lie, the ease with which he lies when he's in the house with them, and then the the phone call at the end, where you know uh, to a certain extent. The lie he's telling is easy, you know. He, but it's really not. It's not. And, and you, you see him, you see him struggling so much with what he's saying, as he, you know, essentially abuses his wife on the phone, you know, to to make it clear to the police that are, are tapping the phone that, you know, he he is. He alone is the person who made the meth fortune, and she didn't know anything about it. You know, it, it's this—it's this thing that he does to try to absolve his family after all of this. And I—it left me thinking about the—the the question of whether, you know, the moral question of whether you can ever do a a bad a bad thing for a good reason, and and, yeah. and still and be good or. Or as what happens to Walter, he clearly, you know, tr- you know, regardless of whether he was telling the truth about his intention at the beginning or whether he decided he wanted to cook meth for fun, you know, by the end, 
it didn't matter. He was gone. Yeah. Walter White, and that I, goofy science teacher, totally corrupted. And and you mentioned that that he did that to to kind of shield her. And I think watching this episode out of context and not really recall as, as i told told you all i i had to google afterwards why why did we hate skylar white so much because i remember disliking her greatly while watching this and i couldn't recall then and so in this contest textless way of viewing i i did not immediately realize till you just said that his phone call was purposeful in his absolving them but yeah you're you're right i mean that she knew about it well the so the question of why we dislike skylar white so much is one that was asked a whole lot while Breaking Bad was on, uh, and and really, I, I mean, I, it feels to me like what it comes down to is sometimes it felt like she was a bit flat and dimensionless over the course of the show as a character, but really, what it comes down to is that we're assholes to female characters in the entertainment that we like. You know, well, <laughs> uh, we we all we all come to this at, with the assumption that if we were in her place, we would have handled things better, and that's uh, it's wrong. Can you Im- like? Can you imagine your significant other cooking meth and how you would handle it? I yeah. can't. Uh, no, I, I, I probably I not can't. well. Well, and you mentioned this. This the, well, I mean really some misogyny going on but you see that in even finn's reaction to marie and and skylar saying like hey by the way your dad is is a terrible person and he and he cooked meth and everything and he says you're lying you're both lying i'm gonna call dad i'm gonna call hank he immediately says i don't believe you i only believe men so this is baked into this but it does go back to i think in, in some ways is you know, just I, I'm so taken in this episode by it all comes back to to the lying and that is what is is breaking this family. I mean you see that Finn is completely Flynn. gone. Yeah. yeah. Or Finn. Finn. Flynn. 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 Yes, Flynn. Who's who I don't I don't understand. Where does the Flynn he just chooses Flynn out of nowhere because it's not him going by his middle name. Would you, would because... you want to be called Walt? Yeah, well, and he's just a giant Tron fan, maybe. Well he's really Walt. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's Walter Jr., but it's I, I believe it's Walter J. White. Am I wrong? It's certainly not Walter F. White. I think we get his. I think we get his middle initial at some point. You you do get his middle initial because it's actually his middle initial is relevant because it's when he um when Hank for, first discovers Walt's secret in the poem book at what's his name's apartment and it's signed with his middle initial. Oh, I thought it was it's just a Walt, WW. So Walt Whitman. Oh, was it? I think it's no, just you might be right. Well, I think at some point you do get his middle initial. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure right. it's Walter J. White, but it, that's it's not as relevant. But uh, Walter H. White Hartwell. Oh, well, sure. Well, why not? Uh, yes. Proving that none of this, this didn't matter at all. Um, one of the things <laughs> that that you mentioned at the very beginning, Pierce, was how quickly this went. Yeah, like a um, flash. We're we're used to at this point. We're used to uh, sort of the premium cableization of TV shows. Game of Thrones, you know, started making its episodes longer and longer as, particularly as season seven went on. Uh, the the impending eighth season, which I 
uh, I am super excited about is basically going to be a series of eight movies or, or six movies, however many it is. They're going to be like all of them are going to be like 90 minutes plus. The finale, I assume, is going to be like a whole day. Um, it's going to be like yeah, you, a real. It's going to be a full season of twenty four. You have to get HBO now, just so you can pause it because they're not going to include intermissions for bathroom breaks. Right. So, I mean, that's that's their model. But this aired on a a regular cable channel. It was forty seven minutes long. Yep. And even even the final two episodes, which were extended slightly, you know, uh, once you take out. The commercials that aired on AMC, they're under an hour long. Um, so it really, it does feel like it goes by so quickly. I woke up, you know, I watched the second half this morning, uh, and and I thought there was more. I really thought there was more left. I was like, wait, oh, it's yeah. done, huh? Yep. Oh, I only had to watch 20 minutes of it. Uh, so the other... Um, I I think just sort of like a, a fun thing that I was kind of fascinated by. Uh, it, we're talking about parallels. Um, the parallel between Walt's physical reaction to Jack shooting Hank in the desert and uh, Skyler's physical reaction to Walt taking Holly and driving away that that baby with the the tree name that apparently is a common thing i don't know anyone named oak no i i mean i think people name i i just think that's a, a pretty american thing to 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 name people name. after how many people named pine do you know or birch Not, i mean or i know people Alder named or holly just, right I, so listen, there's, there's this, one name all right i'm, I'm gonna, really more I'm of a bush. work on this but it's really more of a bush i believe right uh holly yes um, yes, but they they both kind of they drop to their knees. They do the sort of wordless uh, or, or soundless half gasp crying, uh, and I just I thought that was kind of like a little a little fun thing to to note. Um, I just I was blown away, but I I really loved and I I still remember this, uh, Max. We. We we met each other in college and, and uh, lived in the, the same house where, at the beginning of our final year, uh, we spent Sunday evenings in that fall semester uh, coming together as a group to watch the new episode of Breaking Bad. And I still remember being blown away by how, just by how gorgeous all of the stuff they do out in the desert is uh, you know it just I, I I think about this a lot with music that I listen to it's just like when something is so big it's something that really hits me and it's just like this massive expanse um, what I'm trying to I'm trying to remember you know how much of you know how much do you think, like, the way that we watched it influenced what we thought of the show? Because I'm not sure... I'm not sure that, you know, watching with a group did all that much 
to enhance how I really felt about Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm not sure that it that it changed my my uh, my viewing of it. I mean, I definitely think that watching a show week by week changes how you yes. feel about it rather than watching all at once like on Netflix. And I know a lot of people that caught up to Breaking Bad on Netflix. Um, so I, I think that maybe changes it. But I don't know sure. about the, the group setting. Other than, I mean, being able to talk about it right after kind of cements some things in. I mean, Pierce mentioned that he didn't in the moment realize the, the, that by Walt lying on the phone to Skyler, he was essentially trying to make it so that she wouldn't get in trouble for the police and 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 when you're watching it if you're if you're so tuned in you kind of get that at the same moment that she does or at least i did maybe some people got it sooner and then she you know she basically says i'm i'm sorry which is really her saying thank you in this very weird way because you can kind of see she 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 gets it yeah and it's it's really cool and we I, i remember talking about that a lot afterwards um but i don't know that you have to watch it in a group to get that you just need other people who are in on the culture to to talk about what happened yeah so the uh, <clears throat> the the other thing that um, occurs to me that, that I wanted to get to and, and Sean you mentioned the the mimic or the mirror of of Walt's face in the desert to, to scholars as the as he takes Holly um, in some ways I think they were both kind of images of I've lost control at that moment she's like no I'm keeping my family together we're a family I know Walt had just said we're we're a family and he yells it but she says yeah we're a family and you're not part of it anymore and she's like I'm controlling this and you have Flynn uh, uh, you know jump in and, and you know to protect and he 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 stops Walt does and and also immediately he makes the third phone, phone call, call of the episode. <laughs> the third phone call of the. You episode. don't hear both sides, so yeah. it's it's not really the same. But yeah, you you don't hear both sides. Um, but the thing there, and and I and I'll go to I'll reuse a point that I think I think Andy Greenwald is is used on a number of occasions. But uh, you know the great television shows are are ones about really they're about broken families, which is is also I think a, Tol- a Tolstoy thing about unhappy families, um, and. You know, it's 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 maybe most it hit me most when Walt in his as he's like, you know, as he's telling them we have to leave, we have to leave, we have to leave. Um, he mentions to Skyler, I have eleven million dollars in the back of that truck. And he tries to buy his family. And we saw that with the truck that he bought earlier, which is everything is for sale. And now he said, Even my family is for sale. And that is when it's like you've totally lost control man yeah and on that note about that you kind of you brought me right into this which is that i mean everyone who watched breaking bad knows that they are you know sean mentioned that their sound is awesome their camera angles are awesome but the the music the soundtrack is so good and it, it reminded me of the the song that they play um so walt after giving up jesse is driving his car back and it runs out of gas because he realizes that the tank got shot. So he takes a barrel full of money and starts rolling it through the desert to a farm, which is casually mentioned by Jesse in the pilot episode I just learned, which is kind of neat. But as he's rolling it, um, <clears throat> it's playing a very memorable song with the chorus being, uh, Take my true love by her hand, lead her through the town, say goodbye to everyone, goodbye to everyone. And it's really in this episode where you see, as he says, that I don't know that it's necessarily that his family is for sale, but that his his true love is 
is money. It's not yeah. his family. Yeah. And he is taking his barrel of money through the town. And and he also says, yeah, and he's also saying to his family, you know, at that same time, he's also telling them to trust me after this whole episode is about him lying. And the only thing that we can trust him with at this point is his true love, as you mentioned, Max, which is the money at this point. And I think he, and I think he gets it, you know, that's, he gets that I've, I, that's it. He says he still has stuff to do, um, which, you know, there are two episodes left of that, but I think he realizes that he's completely lost control and where his priorities lay. And it's, I mean, that watching a family fall apart like that is, um, that gut punch that for whatever reason we come back and watch again and, and we say, wow, how great is this episode? And for me, that's, that's it. It's that the, the dissolution of this family into, you know, just despair. So to project past Osmandius, how, how interested are you with, what he does with what Walt does from that point on, from where he is bounced out of the family. I, we're just strap in listeners. This is going to be a long pod. Um, <laughs> from that point where he has said, my true love, my true family is my sweet, sweet blue meth money. Um, the things that he has to do are essentially to try to launder the money back to his family, um, how, yeah. are you intrigued at all by that? Does that do you think that that maybe gives Walt a little bit of credit at the end that he he doesn't just die? You know, he doesn't just die holding eleven million dollars. Um, I mean, what that sounds like to me is an apology, and I think in the history of the world, no apology via money has ever been. A really great apology uh and, and because it's like why are we here in the first place that you think that money will buy buy off whatever you you did wrong and i mean in this case again if we assume his initial thing which is i did this all for my family um you know that premise is maybe faulty in in itself for saying like doing something for my family means getting them as much money as they can before i i die um and you know we can say and we can say oh it's not it's not all about money i mean in some cases it is but he has in the pursuit of this he has in as we see in this episode he has ruined his his family that he has been excommunicated from his family and him trying to buy them back i think is you know just doubling down on how offensive it's like the money's nice but we, you know why would i forgive you you've been excommunicated yeah um well then so what do you what do you make of his final interaction with jesse oh well so i mean in some ways i i think through the seasons and i have to go back and really decide on it but jesse has become you know family in this context and he is he is telling jesse you know in some ways the greatest unsaid lie he told him which is that actually your your girlfriend who's really special to you i saw die and i didn't I'm, I'm uh, not I think he meant the very final. I'm talking about I'm oh, still shit. Well, oh, but wait, but that's a yeah, but that's like, a good point. Oh, well, yeah. There's yeah. a really wild contrast between him venomously just cruelly telling Jesse I had the chance to save the person that mattered the most to you in the world and I chose not to do it and to go from that to 
rigging a gigantic machine gun into a turret in the trunk of a Volvo to quite literally give Jesse his life back. Yeah. Um, well, and and of course, I forgot about. I did forget about this because it's been a while. It's and kind I, of a big I one. Wasn't as huge, but it's only been like I, five and, and a half years. Yeah, like, I, what I, are you I, doing with your life? Well, and the thing is, <laughs> they don't is remember now, this TV show. <laughs> now, now I remember, and if we do, and I say this is, you know, Jesse does kind of become family to him. I mean, they're they're in this together, right. even if it's almost they hate each other, as as can happen with family members. But he does, at least in that instance, he's not giving Jesse money. He's he's giving him his life. Which, you know, he's he's saying, you know, families get in fights or whatever, but uh, you know, I can I can give you your life, which is a very different apology than giving someone money. I think now he's still. If I was Jesse, I'd still be kind of upset with him for, yeah. for making my girlfriend die. I would imagine so, but it's just Jessica it's... Jones, <laughs> or just handing me off to the to the Nazis to make me a meth slave. <laughs> meth slave. Either one. He could be mad at that either sounds one. Sounds like a wicked metal band, meth slave. Yeah. <laughs> but I, meth I mean, demon is, and the meth slaves. I mean, in light of in light of what you're saying about you know. Uh, what he's done to his family and how he's ultimately the one who destroyed the family, like. You know, is he is he kind of saying at the end? Uh, is he saying I chose you over my family, or is he kind of saying you're all I have left to Jesse? I think he's saying you're all I have you're all I have left, and I really don't have time to to save anyone else. They've they've already right bid me adieu. <sighs> Man, oh. We're 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 jarred. We're all jarred yeah. by by how good Ozymandias was. Yeah, I think he I think he really did. Uh, you know what? What is he? He really did stick around long enough to see all of his all of his great works um, be gone. And he was the one who was despairing. To go back to the poem yeah. that we opened with, I mean, he sees uh, quite literally at the end there as once they've taken all the cash out and they've the nazis nicely left him a barrel the the lone and level sands stretch far away as he's rolling that barrel along yeah. which is completely worthless to him i mean ultimately we know as the viewer it's completely worthless to him right. because he's he not going to go live that much he longer. can't go use that money he, he can't go use it he's not going to live very much longer and that is his dominion that is his whole thing is yeah. now it's empty and he's lost everything you know who's not despairing over that though Brian Cranston and Anna Gunn, who acted their balls off and won the uh, the dramatic Emmys, uh, the mm. dramatic acting Emmys for their performances in Osmanis. I learned recently that you submit one episode for for those awards, essentially. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, I, shouts to both of them. I mean, it was a, a tour de force. I, I yeah. criticized Skylar White for being sort of dimensionless at some points in the series. That was not one of them. Yeah. Also, being quote unquote dimensionless is is pretty impressive to act as well. <laughs> that's I a, mean, it's that's a, an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes it takes some doing. But. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Any final thoughts on on Ozymandias other than whoo? Because <laughs> that that's all I have left. I'm just whoo. It's great. Um. Yeah. Just yeah, it's. it's I, I, I guess I, I guess there's an episode of Survivor that I need to watch. Yeah, no, no, there's there's not there's not. I mean, I, I think there are there, are, you know, to criticize that list, it you know is kind of a dumb exercise. But I will say 
the most of the episodes of TV above it on that ringer list, I think are fantastic. I've seen probably, I don't know there, I guess there are nine ahead of it and I've probably seen six of them. Uh, and, and there are some that I think make sense. Like, I don't know that I think Pine Barrens from the Sopranos is a better episode of TV than Ozymandias, but I, like, I sort of get it. But man, the Survivor thing is really unconscionable. And I'm sorry to Chappelle's show, but the, like, the, uh, the Rick James episode, not better than this. It's not better than this. It is better than that Survivor episode, though. Um, okay. So if, uh, if you, have recently rewatched Ozymandias, uh, and you you have some thoughts about it that you want to share. Come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know what you think. All right, we will move on now to Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for this week? So I, I will go a little bit lighter here because Ozymandias is is something that that is very glum and down. Um, though this was a glum moment for me because I realized as I was listening to, I think it was a uh, some promotion for a podcast within a podcast, you know, uh, in one of their breaks. And there was one, some guy, he talks about, I did, I did this, I was in charge of this conference and I interview all these business people and everything else. And he used the term thought leadership. And I thought, wow, thought leadership. That's that's just a, such a stupid term. That just means you have ideas or, or, or whatever whatever it means. It's a silly thing. It just means you have smart people talking or, or whatever. Well, what I'm apologizing for this week is I realized in that moment that within the last couple of weeks, I had been working on writing something at work where I had consciously and purposefully used the word thought leadership multiple times. And then I started thinking about it and realized I use the term thought leadership at work a lot. And I had a bit of an existential crisis as I was in the elevator in my building, realizing that I was being a complete hypocrite. So I apologize for using the term thought leadership, and I will work towards um, using it less, though it might be unavoidable. (laughs) Because I think we have, we might have a thought leadership uh, uh, sector at, at work of some sort. Uh, so. You probably do. Um, you know, you. I don't even know. I, I know what it means, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just we we have smart people with good ideas. Right. That is what it means. Um, okay. I've, I've been I've been dreading this moment for the whole the whole time we've been recording. Uh, because oh, do, you, uh, do you need to read the Horace Smith version of the uh, Ozymandias? It's, I, I do not. It's a lot. It's a lot lighter. Um, he he lost the, the little battle that was going on between them. There's a nice little history behind it, but he um, lost. I, I don't. But I, I've been. I was so you know. I, I was so floored by Ozymandias that I kind of lost all other thoughts of pop culture. For, you know, from which to procure a big idea from this week. Um, but I, I will say that. Uh, I'm I'm very excited. I've, I've been kind of I've been pretty busy the first few weeks of the year and, and haven't really been able to get back to to reading as much as I did last year or as much as I would like to. Uh, but I'm really excited to start reading the Beastie Boys book. Um, yeah. I, I think that you know uh, we we've talked before about oral histories and and, and how interesting that is uh, as kind of a, a style of writing. 
Um, and I think this is not exactly that, but you know, I, I'm excited to get that firsthand picture of how Mike D and Ad Rock, you know, you know what kind of what their life was like through their eyes. I'm very, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'll be, I'll be interested how that is. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of just generally any any book that can give you a sense of a, a place and a setting that you're interested in and if it includes music as well i think that's great so i'll yep. be interested how that works out for you all right so that that is the end of the show you can find us on facebook or twitter at pretty okay pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can subscribe to our podcast feed on your device of choice. That way you get episodes every Tuesday like clockwork. You don't have to go looking for us or nothing. Uh, if you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or find a friend who you think might be interested in what we're doing and tell them about the show because we'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. My name is Asex Trader. <laughs> Thanks for listening. By her hand, lead her through the town. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye to everyone. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye to everyone.